Hey guys, it's Jen, and I wanted to let you know that this is a bonus episode, and it was done by my good friend, Chris Pedretti. It's powerful, it's important, and I am adding this as bonus content because I really want to make sure that the world hears her voice. So if you haven't gone to look at Chris's Facebook group, it's on Facebook, and it's called It's Time to Tell Your Story. It's a private group for sexual assault survivors, and frankly, anybody who wants to support someone through their sexual assault. It's a great place. There's a ton of resources there. Um, amazing, amazing group of humans and I encourage you to go visit her group and well you can't see it unless you join because it's private but go take a look if it's something you need and it would help you spread the word let a friend know if that would help them and please enjoy this wonderful recording from Chris Pedretti it is also available on YouTube so you can see her screen and I will talk to you next time Hello. I want to thank you for um, watching this presentation on telling your story. <clears throat> I probably should have done this a while ago, um, but it is definitely on my mind. And I have heard lots of people say, well, I, I know that I don't know if I'm ready or how will I know when I'm ready? And I thought, you know what, this is a good time for, for let's just talk about this. And I know I did not send out a meeting invite and that is because it's christmas time and i know that everybody's busy so i'm just going to drop this in to our group and then you can watch it if it's something that interests you when you have time okay um also this date uh december 18th is an important date it's significant for me and a couple of other people and i wanted to um to share like on the day that it is important. So I'm going to start with mine. And for me, this day is really important because in on December 18, 1976, as a newly 15-year-old, I was raped by the Golden State Killer. But he also, to us, was known as the East Area Rapist. And it seems like every year my body just knows, like it just kind of kicks in an alarm that you know on this day i think it started a little bit before this year i was like okay so a long time ago when i was 15 i was normal i was just a kid i was just having fun and then as it gets closer and closer to time i start this weird countdown like okay eight hours ago i in 1976 i was still normal and seven hours ago, I was still normal. And then I just do this whole countdown. So by the time I get to that time, then it becomes, my life is ruined and who could I have been? And you know, that's when I started kind of falling off the deep end. And um, it's just really not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy and it's kind of pathetic. And I don't know if any of you guys have kind of weird rituals or reminders, you know, on the rape anniversary of that day, um, but, but I certainly do. So I decided that I am going to um, take control of this chaos, this chaotic mess, and I'm going to do something positive on this day. And this is it. It's this presentation on telling your story. Also, um, 
there was a serial rapist, and I say was because he has been caught and he has been found guilty. And today, Nicole Ernest Pate and um, uh, Teresa Lane, sorry, Teresa, uh, are both delivering their impact statements to this monster. And, you know, that's a really, really big deal. And they finally have the power to tell him exactly what they feel about him or whatever they want to say. It's really the floor is theirs. And it sounds um, super uh, easy, like, yeah, I want to get up there and give a piece of my mind. But when you've been waiting decades to be able to do this, it's pretty uh, time consuming to figure out exactly what you want to say and how to say it. And at the end of the day, they will be able to walk away. So I'm really excited for them. Uh, Nicole invited me to go for her, to for support while she was sharing her impact statement with Mr. Wallace. And um, I am definitely going to be there and I'm very honored. So thank you, Nicole, for inviting me. And I will be there to support Nicole and Teresa and everybody else that is there having, you know, a moment that has long been waited for. So that is why today is the day that we are sharing this. So right now I'm going to try to figure out this technical thing and move it over to the presentation. And let's see how I do. So bear with me, I'll keep talking so you know I'm here. So I'm gonna stop my video. You're not going to see me anymore. There, that worked. And now I'm going to, whoopsie, hi again. That didn't work. Let's try it again. Okay, there we go. And we're going to share my screen. And let's see here. This and this. and this and i certainly hope you can see it because i'm not sure if you can or not so um but we're just going to go with it like you can okay okay so it's time to tell your story it's no doubt that sexual assault is a life-altering event Many survivors are affected by the trauma for the rest of their lives, and they may suffer from different ailments like depression or low self-esteem, flashbacks, fear, difficulty with intimacy, difficulty with uh, trust. And unfortunately, many of these symptoms are compounded by the silence and secrecy that so many of us have experienced. Often, survivors of sexual assault do not speak about their experience because they feel ashamed, or they feel guilty, or they may blame themselves. And some survivors keep silent out of a sense of duty to family or fear of being ostracized for what happened to them. And those are really real situations and feelings. Um, you may not have learned, you may have learned to not express your feelings as well. 
you may also have learned that saying no didn't work to protect you when you needed it. And silence was probably the only choice that made sense. So today's presentation looks at the pluses and the minuses of telling your story. But at the end of the day, it is your choice. It is your story and it is your right to process and find healing however is best for you. And on the bottom of each screen, you will see a quote by one of our members. And I did not include all the names, but these were true feelings about how it was for them when they told their story. And they're not all positive, and they're not all bad, but they're definitely all unique. And I think that it's something that we can all relate to. So that is what's at the bottom of your screen. And I won't read those to you. You can just um, look at those as we go. So what do you mean, tell my story? Well, telling your story can be transformative. It can help you move through the shame and the secrecy that keeps you isolated. And it can open the door to understanding and support. Speaking out can lift the burden of silence. But it also can be one of the most scary things that you think you have ever done or ever will do. And there are definite drawbacks and there's definite positives. So that is what I want to go through today so that before you decide to tell your story, you can kind of prepare yourself. So speaking out is not right for everyone and no one should be pressured to tell their story. Survivors are heroes whether they speak out or not. Telling your story is 100% within your control and you will decide when to tell or if to tell at all. Never ever feel forced into saying anything. Take your time. This is not a disclosure. This is your story and you will know when the time is right. And I'm sure that you've read many stories on our Facebook group that you've made a thought like, oh my God, I could never do that. And you know what? Of course you think that because we are taught to our society to never do anything like that. And somehow it lingers that it must have been our fault. And let me assure you, no matter the circumstance of your assault, it is not your fault. And I'm going to say it again. No matter what the circumstance, it is not your fault. Assault is assault. And although the experience itself will vary, the result is pretty consistent. Devastation and a sense of powerlessness. Power is the last thing that you think you have after an assault. And it may take time to realize this, especially with no support. But your power does lie within you. Your story has power. And that power is yours. Speaking out can mean many, many things. It can mean putting your story on paper for yourself in a journal entry, or telling a trusted person, drawing pictures, writing a letter, or creating music. For me, I started a Facebook group, and that really worked for me. You weren't given a choice to be a victim of sexual assault, but now you do have a choice to speak or not. What do you mean? We're still, we're still gonna stay on that for a little bit. What do you mean tell my story? 
Well, one of our members, Nicole Jones, found a way to express her feelings through drawings that actually came together creating a book. And I wanna share just a few of these with you. The first picture is of a bird who feels she's locked in a cage. However, the door is wide open for her to free herself, but yet she stays. It reads, the door has been open the whole time. You can do this. And then next to the door, it says, go on. But the bird is still sitting in her cage saying, huh? She doesn't feel that she can leave. She doesn't understand that she can free herself. The door is open. And this is what I mean when I talk about like the self-imposed prison that we put ourselves in. And the goal, right, is to allow ourselves to be free. The next picture is such a strong visual for all of us to remember. I, I love this picture. It shows a girl walking through the forest moving forward. And the words say, turn around and look at what you can do. Keep going. I love, love, love this because I feel like we're always looking at what we haven't done and how much further there is to go. And this illustration shows how many demons she has conquered, Nicole has conquered. And when looking closer at the trees, Nicole has not just knocked them over. She has obliterated them. She has uprooted and left behind, broken in pieces, those demons of her past rape. And that is some serious traction in her journey. So although you do need to go forward and you need to keep going forward, it's okay to look back. It's okay to look at how far you've come. The third picture are of phrases that she's heard that reminds her of her value. And they encourage her to keep going. And this, my friends, is the value that our group gives to others. Support goes a long way in the healing journey. And I think it was brilliant that she added this in her book because she can turn back to it at any time when she needs reminders. So yeah, take a, I think you can read some of them. So just take a moment and take a look. And um, I think that's a great idea, just wonderful. The top right corner shows women standing together, loving and supporting each other. It really is a beautiful illustration of the love that we have for each other, even though we've never met. And this is my interpretation, but you know, all the dresses are different and none of these women have faces. So I think it just goes to show that we are all very, very different. And there is not a type of person, you know, it is just humans and it's anyone and everyone that has been touched by sexual assault. The part that is combining them together and uniting them for triumph is they all have hearts. They are all supporting each other and loving each other and they are all connected. Um, I just think it's very beautiful and I, um, I feel like that's kind of where we are and how we have met so many new friends and you know, a lot of us are faceless because we've never met each other, but we still are united. And then lastly, this one is like an oh wow. This one is really deep to me. And this illustrates Nicole after her rape. 
and it's dark. And just to look at the picture, it's defeating. It's a place all of us have been, and she shows so much emotion, it brings tears to my eyes, like right now. But her caption underneath is not dark. It's actually triumphant. You got up. You did not die here. Sorry, I don't know why this picture does this to me, but I guess I just feel like we all can relate to that. And in this one photo, picture, illustration that she drew, it shows her then, but it also shows her determination and that she is, she's still with us and she's not going anywhere. So for Nicole, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share portions of your book. It is so moving to me and it shows firsthand that healing comes in all forms. Yeah, I'm gonna dry my tears. I'm gonna move off. <sighs> okay, this is my backyard shed. And one day, I, it, well, it started as a rotting shed. It's gonna fall apart one day. And I thought, well, what the heck? So I decided to paint. And I just figured I would screw it up. But I could just put paint over it <laughs> if it did. But you know what? It began to take life. And I continue to paint and it will always evolve. And I've asked fellow assault survivors if they would like to add to the shed when they visit. And it's just such a great way to communicate, to have fun and be expressive. And I just noticed, if you look kind of to the right, there is actually a rainbow right there. Um, that's kind of awesome. I didn't even notice that. And I'm not sure how that happened, but I guess it was just supposed to be, right? And it's very cool. So this shed, as well as Nicole's book, will never ever be complete as it is always evolving, just like us. And you will see, uh, you can't really tell, but there's some spinner things in there and that just represents chaos of my life. And when I find a place that I can feel accomplished, probably like after this, because I'm doing this on this day, I will go cover up one of those chaotic symbols with something that's more reassuring. And my goal is to get rid of all the chaos. The, um, the grain, the greenery there with the leaves, that represents new growth. And, you know, spring will come again. And so again, when I'm feeling very optimistic, I will go and continue to add more leaves. And um, you'll see the new growth, especially where that bird is, uh, where it says imagine and it's flying away with the key. That bird finally got out of her cage, left a feather behind, and but there's new growth all over there, which I believe is what encouraged her to fly. So a little whimsical, but um, you know, it's just another way of sharing a story. Speaking of stories, I think that it is now. If I'm going to talk about telling a story, I'm going to share my story with you. And this picture 
on the right top is of me one week after I was raped. It was Christmas Day and I looked pretty happy, right? In the one week between December 18th and December 25th, I had been raped, threatened to be killed, had a rape kit administered, which is like a second assault, questioned and fingerprinted at the sheriff's state, uh, department, ordered to remain silent from my father, went and returned from church camp for three days, and then happily celebrated the best holiday of the year, Christmas. I turned 15 about three months before the rape, and I started a new high school to be a ministry for my Christian faith. And between December 18th and December 19th, I became an entirely different person. But I didn't even know that then. I was told by my father to never talk about it, and never talk about what happened. So I didn't. And by not talking, my reality changed and my innocence was gone. I didn't recognize for that being divorced twice and having many, many failed relationships, many jobs lost, unhealthy coping mechanisms. I never realized these things weren't normal because that is who I had turned into. I had no idea what PTSD was. I wasn't living. I was surviving. The Golden State Killer was caught 42 years after the initial attack through DNA, and I was not prepared. I had settled into a life that I thought was without him. It was a memory, and it was a bad memory. Or sometimes I could even convince myself that it didn't even happen. His capture made everything real and undeniable, and it was rough. And I had flashbacks, and I had triggers. And I felt as though I was 15 years old again, but this time I was finally experiencing the trauma that I tried to get out of before. I didn't escape the horror. Oh no, it waited for me. I was now 56 years old. My parents had both passed away and the order for silence was lifted. I needed help. I found a trauma therapist and worked really, really hard to find peace. And through my therapy, I discovered what I needed to do was to talk. And that is what I did. I did an HBO, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, a 2020, HLN, Unmasking a Killer, the local news. I participated in countless podcasts. I even provided some comfort to some of his other victims. My voice was heard internally. I felt validated, but even that was not enough. I realized how much support and attention the victims of the Golden State Killer all received due to the enormity of this case and how so many victims never received any support at all. I also realized how it felt for the past decades to receive no support. Getting support was very foreign to me. And that is when I decided to form the group of the sexual assault survivors, it's time to tell your story. There are so many men and women who suffer in silence, who carry the shame that was never theirs, imprisoned in their own confinement, their own prison, because that's what we have been taught to do. Don't talk about it, don't talk about it, don't admit it, deal with it, and move on. 
that's just not possible. One of our group members has told me she feels like a fraud. The way she appears on the outside is completely different than the way she feels on the inside. Our society expects us to suck it up buttercup and to deal with it and to move on. Again, not possible. Through the help of It's Time to Tell Your Story, speaking out publicly as well as privately, two years of weekly therapy and community support, I now understand I am good and deserving to be loved. I can forgive myself for my past mistakes because I now know I was just trying to survive one day to the next. I can now give myself compassion and permission to love myself. He may have won many, many battles in my head, but I won the war. I got myself back. He got prison for the rest of his miserable life. This last picture is of me giving my impact statement, the day I was able to speak my truth, the day I was able to confront him and share my anger, but also to share that we will keep moving forward. I gave him his shame back. I gave him the responsibility and I walked away from him. So that's all good. But the reality is there is drawbacks of telling your story. Unfortunately, there's an unfair stigma around rape. Throughout most of history, rape was not viewed as a crime because women were considered property and therefore had no rights. Like taking land, men took women as an act of aggression or an affirmation of their strength and masculinity. In most cultures, marriages were arranged when the groom purchased the bride, the bride from her father. Rape was initially considered a crime only in terms of the property violation of another man. And punishment was delivered to a man who damaged the husband's property, his wife, by rape. Very often, the raped woman would also be punished as an adulteress, regardless of her lack of complicity in the assault. For instance, ancient Hebrew women who were raped were considered defiled and they were stoned to death. As far as the drawbacks go in today's world, we all know that once your story is out, it's out there and you can't take it back. Once you say it out loud, more than likely you have or will experience a very surreal feeling followed by panic and then relief. Hopefully relief. You cannot shove those words back in your mouth depending on the response you get. So no doubt it's super scary. There's a Netflix series based on a true story named Unbelievable. And it's about an 18-year-old Washington State woman who reported being raped by a masked intruder in her home, only to be re-victimized by detectives who accused her of fabricating her story. This movie is definitely a trigger. And I warn you now, but it really shows how fast telling the truth can work against you. Does that always happen? No, not always, and not usually. But this is why you have to be very, very certain internally that you are not counting on a response that you're hoping for. Vulnerability is so exposing. It's no wonder that so many rapes are not reported. According to RAIN, which stands for Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, three out of four rapes 
go unreported. So yeah, there is an unfair stigma around rape. The silence turns to shame and we take all the abuse ourselves. Our families hide it, authorities dismiss it. Of course you have a fear that no one will believe you. And it may hurt someone that you know, especially if this happened inside of a family. You can't take it back. Telling your story definitely makes it real. You can't imagine anymore that it didn't happen. And I guess for me, the most scary is you cannot control the response you're going to get. You can't prepare yourself saying, oh, well, they're all going to be very loving towards me because you don't know that, which makes you extremely vulnerable. So we really have to look at our internal self. Lasting change begins internally. Before we can change on the outside and be what some people would call, and I'm doing air quotes, a normal human being, we have to start the change on the inside. Internal results lead to external results. I said this earlier, but it's worth repeating. Telling can be transformative. It can help you move through the shame and the secrecy that keeps you isolated, that keeps you locked in that self-imposed prison or the bird in the cage, even while holding the key or seeing that the door is open. It can open doors to understanding and support. Processing your own experience starts with acknowledging that it happened. Processing with a trained trauma therapist is extremely helpful. And gone are the days of talk therapy that require you to tell every miserable detail. You don't need to relive this. You already know what happened. That's not processing. Processing involves trying to understand your craziness after it happened. And it's important to remember or to accept that your craziness isn't crazy at all. What is crazy is that you have to deal with this crazy situation at all that your rapist took your body so that he could feel powerful and in control. It's absolutely insane to me, yet it happens so many times every single day. And as you begin to process with the trusted source, you may have thoughts like, why did this happen to me? Or when will I be okay? Will I be okay? How do I get over this? No one understands. And I must have imagined this, it really didn't happen. The bottom line is that no one can be taught how to heal from trauma before trauma happens. It's scary and we do the best that we can. It took me decades to give the responsibility to my rapist. I didn't have a person or a face to blame. And you know what? No one told me it was my fault but no one told me it wasn't my fault either. Once I began to talk to others, see a therapist, I realized finally that the responsibility and shame had been harboring itself inside of me, harboring itself inside of me. Logically, I knew it was not my fault, but that wasn't enough because I felt the shame and I felt that it was my fault. And it will take as long as it takes, but eventually you will feel stronger internally. 
It is then that you 100% own your story. You will know who you want to tell and why you want to tell them. Internal beliefs translate into inter external actions. Once your internal beliefs put you back in charge of your body and your thoughts, now you can really begin to help others by supporting them. You can learn new healthy coping mechanisms. You're now empowered to educate others about sexual assault. You will find that speaking out can lift the burden of your silence. And it will allow the opportunity for others to see you more completely and to support and love you. You can raise awareness that there is no single story that covers what a survivor of sexual assault experiences, and you have a better understanding of the prevalence and the complexity of sexual abuse and the impact it has on others, not just the person who was assaulted. So I guess, you know, it's kind of starting in the middle here where it says, allows others the opportunity to see you more completely and to support and love you. That really means something to me because, and there was a quote put on our site the other day, and I'm not quoting the quote because I will mess it all up, but it was basically, don't judge me from where you walk into my life. You know, that is not my story. That's the chapter I'm in now. In order to know me, you need to know my story. And I just think that's so true. And I, and I do think that's a positive thing for other people to completely support you and love you they have to be able to understand you and there is going to the next one no single story that covers what a survivor of sexual assault experiences our experience is all very individual and very unique to us the result often is very very similar but going through that experience that is personal and that is no one knows what that is as many different women that are raped, there is that many different experiences. And then lastly, I think this is, you know, a, having a better understanding of the prevalence and the complexity of sexual abuse and the impact it has on others. It's a ripple effect, right? You know, it affects entire communities, your family, your friends, your church, whoever you have experiences with and it is in your life, it's gonna ripple out to them. So when we can get our internal beliefs in place and translate them into our external actions and are more aware of what is actually happening to sexual assault survivors, we are in a better place to be able to help support them. And keeping in mind, I guess what I had mentioned earlier, you know, so many people don't have any support. They need us. They need that person to help them get through with support. Caution, caution. Okay, so this is my caution slide. Um, basically, going back to external validation, relying on external validation from others to validate your experience may backfire. It may not, but keep in mind that external validation doesn't mean anything until you can validate your own feelings. Excuse me. And that kind of goes back to really working on the inside before you see the results on the outside. 
And don't rely on only one source as truth. There is so much information, nonprofit support, support groups, therapy. Um, there is support for you out there. Don't rely on just one source because the more information you have, the better you are going to be able to process your internal healing. All right, so talked about telling your story, the drawbacks, the um, pluses, the kind of where you need to be emotionally when you're doing such a thing. And so this one is, okay, what are, what? Do we need to do before we tell our story? Do you go this way? Do you go that way? You don't know. So by taking the time to contemplate such a brave move, you'll have the reasons you need in order to move forward. There's no right way to tell, there's no right time to tell, and there's no right decision whether to tell. There are many, many different levels of telling. You know, we've telling a counselor, a friend, a family member, telling publicly telling in writing or through art. All of this will feel different. You may do some of them, you may do all of them. You may tell with detachment and anger and sadness or occasionally even humor. You may be sad or overwhelmed once you start telling. You have permission to say that's enough for today. So the questions, who do you want to share with and why? That's an important question because now you're looking at okay, maybe I'm not gonna be so vulnerable. You know, maybe I am gonna know a little bit of this response because I trust this person. Maybe that's your why. How do you feel about your story being out there? Because as we said, once it's out, it's out. What details are you comfortable sharing? And I'm gonna share right here a, something that's happening with me right now. When I went public, I did not think of any of these things. And so when I was being interviewed, I was unprepared with some questions and I didn't want to answer them, but I did because I hadn't even thought about what details could I be in control of. And at that time, you know, it's out there. It's aired on TV and it's done. Well now HBO, they want to do another segment on survivors and where they are now. And so uh, I think a few of you had listened to the podcast I had done um, with Sarah and her husband, and that is on our website. And Sarah is our member. And I was able to tell her, hey, this is what I want to talk about. And she said, absolutely no problem. And she didn't try to trick me and there were no uncomfortable questions and it's probably the best podcast I ever did because I talked about what I wanted to talk about which was advocacy which was support and that gave me enough confidence so when HBO called I sent them that podcast and I said this is what I want to talk about and if you are not comfortable with that then please call me back and say you're not interested and they said no 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 we listen we want this but now I know, because I'm learning, when I do that interview, if they ask me any questions that I am not comfortable answering, and it is not in the wheelhouse that I shared with them which where I wanted to go, I won't answer. They can't air something that I didn't say. So think about that. What details do you want to tell 
all the details? Do you feel just comfortable talking about it? Basically, like be prepared. All right, do you feel emotionally prepared? What concerns do you have for yourself or for your family? Because we talked about that ripple effect. Are they going to be supportive? Do they know that you're doing this? And then of course, what platform will you use to tell your story? Like we are in a good place. You can write a letter, you could go on the internet, you could do it publicly, you could do it in our group or another group. You could go to therapy. I mean, you could go have a glass of wine with a neighbor and share. So there's a lot of possibilities, but when we don't take the time to think about it in advance, sometimes we feel a little um, taken aback and we weren't expecting because we didn't. We didn't take the time to really think about it. And I say that not at you, but for me, um, I did not think about a lot of this before I decided to share. Okay, so I told my story. What now? End of the road, right? It's done, voila. Well, maybe, but maybe not. Because we're gonna go back to why did you wanna tell your story? What was your goal? Did you accomplish it? Is that enough? And you wouldn't be able to know that until after you tell that story. So now I say take a look where you are and ask, what now? It's definitely a huge step that you've taken or will take for resolving your issues that followed your assault. And I personally have to think that telling is the most important thing you can do to begin actively supporting and loving yourself. Your story may be turning into a journey that you have complete control of and gives you relief now that you are not keeping it all bottled up inside. Next steps may be easy or it may be hard and you just won't know till you try. When I made the decision to publicly air my story, I was scared, like really scared to the point of almost backing out. I was afraid to start this group, but if nobody came. Sometimes we just won't know until we know. And in order to do that, we have to experience it. But bottom line, right, it's your decision. And there's so much talent in this group, so many different strengths. One thing is for sure, you and you alone are the most important reason to tell or not to tell your story. So just looking up at the slide, you know, we talked about what was your goal? Did you accomplish it? And as a reminder, telling your story once does not mean you have to tell it again and again and again. And telling your story once does not mean you have to stop telling. You know, do you feel closure or do you feel you want to do more? So here we are, we're at the end. And I say, now we just take a deep breath, breathe in, do it with me, and out. That's all we can do, right? We do the best that we can do. And so I am now going to stop sharing, whoopsie, and bring me back. Yay, I'm hoping this is all working. And I want to um, tell you thank you for listening and for being there. And I want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas or happy holidays and um, be safe. And if there's anything that you would like to add or share, please 
go ahead and put it in the comments. If you want to direct message me, if you have questions, you could do that too. And um, lastly, I just wanna say, if you have anything that you really feel strongly about and you would like to share, please feel free to use this platform. This, um, this is a combination of a Zoom that I'm just Zooming with myself and a PowerPoint that I had made before, or you can do any form that you like. You could just talk and we don't even need to see you if that is more comfortable. But um, I do wanna hear your story when you're ready and I wanna hear as much as you're ready to tell. Because with a group like this, we're strong. We are those women standing together, united with the hearts across us, all wearing different dresses. So, Merry, Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs>